podcast where we discuss unusual or infrequently produced plays. I'm your co-host, Andrea. And I'm Nick. And we are the Play Readers. Today's play is Life Times Three by Yasmina Reza. And uh, as I understand it, this was originally a French play. Yes, uh, Yasmina Reza is a French playwright and novelist. Okay. This play was originally produced and written in the year 2000. So what kind of a production history does this show have? The first production actually staged was the English version. That would be the English-English version. Oh, is that so? Yep. It was first produced on December 7th, 2000 at the Royal National Theatre in London. Mm -hmm. And the French version wasn't produced until 2001. And that was produced at the Théâtre Antoine in France. And uh, there was an American version that was first produced on March 11th, 2003 in the Circle in the Square Theater that was in New York City. Okay. And uh, that version may have some recognizable names. It included Linda Emund, Helen Hunt, oh. Brent Spiner, what? and John Turturro. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing cast. It is. Now, is that the entire cast, or are there, there more folks that we should be talking about with this show? It is. There are four total roles, mm-hmm. not including the voice of a child. Off stage. Off stage the entire run or entire production? The child does not appear on stage. Very good. Okay. So that seems like a pretty simple cast, much different from uh, Dream Girl, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, before we get into the plot of the show, is there anything more that uh, we should know about Yasmina Reza and her career as a playwright? I would say yes. There's a lot of things I think most of the people listening to our podcast would know. Her first play was called Conversations After a Burial. Wow. Produced in France. That was back in 1987, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And Conversations After a Burial was successful. It won the Moliere Award over in France, although it was years before that was ever translated into English. Okay. What she's best known for and what her first big success was is a play called Art. And I'd be willing to bet that most of our listeners have heard of art or been involved with it or been in a production of it. I think just about every community theater on the map (laughs) has done a production of art. It's about three guys, very, very minimal set, and it's art in quotation marks. Okay. That was originally produced in 1994. Mm -hmm. She's also very well known for another play called God of Carnage. Oh, yes. I know that one. That was originally produced in 2006. Mm -hmm. And all these plays have been translated into multiple languages. And when it comes to English, there's an English-English version and an American-English version Mm -hmm. for, I think, all of them. Oh, that's interesting. One of the things about Yasmina Reza is she is going to be remembered yeah. in, in the theater history. Well, given how Amero-centric we tend to be over here in the United States. Oh, that's true. The fact that a French playwright managed to get international success to the point where we noticed it, <laughs> that's saying quite a lot. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Both Art and God of Carnage, their runs in the United States, won them Laurence Olivier awards and tony awards wow so she's got two plays that are very very successful that i'm sure that most people know Mm -hmm. Uh, she's also a novelist she's written several novels i'm not going to get into the details there but she she's a writer okay uh internationally well known at this point in time that's outstanding so let's dive into life times three what are we looking at with the plot of this show As I've said before, it's four characters, four actors, plus there is a child backstage. Yes. 
who never actually appears on stage but makes a lot of noise. <laughs> uh, and what we have are two couples. Mm-hmm. There is Henry and Sonia. Okay. And they are the couple that lives in the house where this play takes place. Okay. Their marriage isn't great. Mm-hmm. And there's Hubert and Inez, who are another couple who are coming over for a dinner party. Okay. Henry and Hubert are both academics. Okay. They're astrophysicists. And so there's a lot of discussion about publishing and that sort of thing. Right. Okay. And uh, Henry and Hubert are work colleagues. And Hubert's a little bit higher up on the academic pecking order mm-hmm. than Henry. So there's a little bit of supplicancy for Henry toward Hubert. Is Hubert like a boss of Henry's or no. just he's just, you know, a little bit more senior? He's he's not a boss. He's just got some influence okay. that could help Henry's career. Gotcha. The setup is that we start out, the, the, the entire play starts out, it's just Henry and Sonia, mm-hmm. and they're arguing about their kid. Okay. And the kid is fussing backstage. He wants food. He wants attention. He wants something out of his parents. And his parents are driving each other nuts about this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after there's this, oh, this introductory scene, mm-hmm. we end up finding out that we it cuts to... The Finidoris, that's Hubert and Inez's surnames. Okay. So Hubert and Inez Finidori on their way to their house, and Inez has a run in her nylons. That's all we see of them, and then it flashes back to the household right. where they're still fighting and they're still arguing. They're actually physically fighting each other at one point in time. Oh, wow. And then Hubert and, and Inez ring the doorbell. They just show up. They just show up. Well, as it turns out, somebody got the date wrong. Oh, I see. Henry and Sonia were expecting them the next night, so they are in no way prepared to host a dinner party. Okay, sure. So this is where the conflict is really coming in. And both of these marriages are not very strong. Oh, dear. I would say throughout. So there's there's a lot of conflict that just comes from the fact that their marriages are kind of falling apart. Right. And the reason this is called Lifetimes 3 is because there's three acts, and they are three versions of that same setup. Oh, that's cool. So the setup where Henry and Sonia are fighting, then the Finidoris show up, Mm -hmm. that happens three times. Wow. And there are different things, different factors involved with each and every time it's done. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the first act is a lot longer than the other two acts. I would imagine that if you were to produce this, you'd probably put your intermission between the first act and the second two acts. Okay, that makes sense, I suppose. So we flash forward after we we go from Henry and Sonia fighting, and then it's Hubert and Inez and the whole thing with the run in the stockings, and then we're back to Henry and Sonia fighting, and then there's a ring at the doorbell, and then we sort of cut to... They're all sitting around having a conversation, Mm -hmm. and Henry and Sonia have basically grabbed everything that was available in their cupboards. Oh, wow. So they've got, among other things, they've got chocolate fingers. Okay. They've got (laughs) Cheez-Its. They've got some alcohol there, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're doing their best to host despite the fact 
that these guys, they're just not prepared for it in any way, shape, or form. Are they not letting on that this was the incorrect night, or is it like... Oh, no, the cat's out of the bag pretty much right from the beginning. So so the folks that show up, they're just like, hey, we were wrong, but we're still going to hang out even though you're not prepared for this at all. Yeah, well... That's awesome. Sonia answers the door in her bathrobe. Super. Okay. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's just this this whole thing falls in their lap, and they are completely unprepared, caught off guard. So that's where a lot of the conflict comes into place. Right. That's the setup for all three versions. Okay. All the way up to that point. So the first act, we get the whole introductory area. They show up, and then they're discussing stuff. Mm -hmm. At one point, then, Hubert, well, Henry has just written a paper, a research paper on the flatness of galaxy halos. I won't go into the details, but <laughs> it's a research paper and uh-huh. it's a big deal because he needs to get published. He hasn't published for three years. Whether or not he gets any sort of promotion or ends up getting bounced back the teaching really, really depends on this paper. Right, because publication is really important for scientists. For anybody who's, yeah, in the academic world, this is a very, very important thing. Okay. So one of the first things Hubert does Mm -hmm. is he points out that another team of researchers is doing the exact same paper. Ah, awkward. Yeah, and it freaks him out. It freaks Henry out Mm -hmm. quite a lot. It's later Sonia calls him out for it because he does sort of use the truth as a bludgeon. Really? It's implied that he does it deliberately to derail Henry. Oh, okay. So Henry immediately sinks into depression. Okay. He's like, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I have to to look forward to now. I'm going to end up being a teacher if I'm lucky. Oh. At the same time, they're still arguing about the kid because the kid is ever-present. He just doesn't shut up. He never shuts up. Oh, He's screaming. No. He's blaring his fox and the hound tape too, too loudly. <laughs> He's constantly begging for attention. And so there's that argument along with the whole thing about the research paper going on. Mm-hmm. Plus Hubert's being an absolute ass to his wife. Oh, no. Just cutting her down every chance he gets. Oh. And then Sonia, of course, she's kind of defending Henry because she finds Hubert a little arrogant. Right. And during the the process here, Henry and Sonia leave the stage at one point. Mm-hmm. In every version, there's a point where, where two people leave the stage. Okay. So, so in the first version, it's Henry and Sonia. They go to check on their kid. And then it's just Hubert and Inez talking. And Hubert flat out says, Henry's doomed. Oh, no. There are some people you can help and there are some people you can't help. And that's just kind of his attitude toward the whole thing. Hubert's a jerk. Hubert really is kind of a jerk, yes. And he's a jerk in every version. (laughs) Okay. So Sonia comes back and she overheard it. (gasps) Oh! Which is a major, I mean, if you know theater, right? when somebody is off stage, that it is implied that they can't hear anything that's taking place on stage. Sometimes even if they're on stage, it's like... Well, yeah, the aside. Right. They call it. So, okay, so this, this is... this is a, a flip of the trope, I guess. This is really interesting. Okay. So... She comes back in. Eventually, the word gets back to Henry. You said I was doomed? Uh Uh-huh. And it just goes disastrously from there. There's this other guy that they talk about. His name is Sergei Block, and he's he's got a wife. I don't remember if they mention her name, but Sergei is a really bad depressive and alcoholic, 
And uh, so when Sonia comes in and says, did you just say my husband was doomed? They're like, no, we were talking about Sergei Block. <laughs> he, he comes up later on in the other versions. There's a lot of little things, little stories, little bits and pieces that come up that come up in all three or maybe two out of the three. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is the first act. Everybody's a little bit drunk. Hubert eventually becomes, because one of the things that happens before they show up mm-hmm is Sonia accuses Henry of being a bit of a sycophant. Okay. You know, kind of a, a bootlicker, right? The suck up. She calls it the Finidorian tone, which is the way he speaks when he's talking to Hubert Finidori. Oh. So the first act ends with, with Henry finally just saying, do I crawl? Do I grovel? And Hubert going, yeah, a little. Ugh. And finally being honest. And then, then they leave. And that's the end of the first act. Wow. What a way to leave it. Yeah. Yasmina Reza, her style is very much taking these really awkward social situations and really letting things go off the rail. I mean, you... Just cranking it up. You've seen God of Carnage. Yes, I have. It's exactly the same type of of setup. Right. It is, actually. So, like, I can kind of imagine being in the audience and just not knowing anything about this show. So I'm sure me as a a patron, you know, I'm getting to the intermission break and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? And then I get into act two and it just starts all over again, right? Mostly, yes. The beginning part in the second act isn't nearly as long as the beginning part of the first act. They, they sort of, she sort of condenses it a little bit at this point. So we get to Hubert and Inez arriving sooner. Okay, so there's basically just enough at the beginning to kind of establish that it's not another night sometime down the future. It's this same night. Yes. It's, we're... The idea is that the whole thing is starting over again, just with a different tone. And the tone is less severe this time around. The kid isn't nearly as obnoxious. Okay. They're not at each other's throats quite as much. Although there's this interesting little introduction where Henry asks Sonia if she thinks Hubert is attractive. Oh, that's odd. That's a weird thing to ask. So that's sort of this, this, and she says he's arrogant. Okay. Right. And that's kind of where they end up leaving it. Then they show up. Mm-hmm. And again, Henry and Sonia flip out. Although it's interesting, if I remember right, in the first act, Sonia is going to go and just answer the door in her bathrobe. Mm-hmm. And Henry is freaked out because she's because she's doing this. You can't receive them in your bathrobe. Now it's reversed. Really? He wants her to go and answer the door. And she says, I'm not going to answer the door in my bathrobe. Okay. So we've already reversed one little thing here. Mm-hmm. The two of them show up. And this time the opening discussion is about Sergei Block, who, okay. was, who was only briefly uh, introduced in the previous act. And a lot of it has to do with his alcoholism and his depression and his relationship with his wife. Mm. Then Hubert brings up the competing paper again. So they bring up Flatness of Galaxy Halo's paper and Hubert brings up the competing paper and Henry again is bothered, disturbed. You know, he's not glad about hearing it. But the interesting thing is in this case, Sonia calls Hubert out. Really? For bringing that up and then using the truth like a blunt instrument okay and attacking him and just basically calls him out for what he's doing 
Right. Nice little way for her to stand up for her husband, essentially. Right? Yeah, sort of. Then we have the scene where somebody leaves the stage. Mm -hmm. Except this time, Henry's going in to check on their son Mm -hmm. and asks if Inez wants to meet him. Okay. So Henry and Inez leave Sonia and Hubert alone. Right. Within seconds of them being alone on stage, they're at each other. Because it turns out... Mm-hmm. They're having an affair. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, Hubert's very, very aggressive here, but Sonia's kind of playing coy, but she's not resisting him exactly. Okay. Anyway, Henry and Inez return. Mm-hmm. Turns out Arnaud did not want to talk to Inez at all. Sure. Henry is, he's not depressed. He's actually getting aggressive And that's one of the big differences here between the first act and the second act is instead of going on this downward spiral of depression, Henry gets drunk and belligerent. Oh, wow. Okay. So Hubert is trying to calm him down and he tells him this story about how he went to a conference once and ended up in Turku, Finland. And he was just walking down the street and reflecting on the futility of everything. Sure. Why not? Which is meant to make Henry feel better, but it actually just pisses him off. Yeah. Really, really bad. And that's when the point where Henry really starts to get hostile. Yeah. I will note there is some swearing in this play. (laughs) This isn't like Dreamgirl. This isn't exactly 100% family friendly. There's some F-bombs in it. Okay. And then during the fight, because again, Inez is is fighting back against Hubert because Hubert's a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. And at one point, Inez looks right at Hubert and says, I heard you. (gasps) You heard me what? I heard you, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. So So once again. Once again, yeah, someone off stage. Someone else heard him off stage, and it just becomes this big, big fight. Right. Basically between. So it goes from being a less extreme situation to being a more extreme situation, in large part because Henry's drunk and angry as hell. Yeah. And in part because because Hubert's being this huge jerk. Right. It ends with Hubert just coming out with it and saying, see you Monday (gasps) to Sonia. And she says, no. (laughs) Well, yeah. Just shoots him right down. Oh, my goodness. And that's it. And then Inez and Hubert leave and and Sonia and Henry are left to their own devices once again. Probably yell at each other. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, all the all the implied stuff going on. This is a Yeah. This play is very densely constructed. Right. Moving on to Act Three. Which will probably just come right on the heels of Act Two. There's probably no need to throw another intermission in there. I mean you could. You could. But Act Three is a little bit shorter. Okay. Act three begins after they've already arrived. Sure. So they're not even rehashing the beginning part, but it again, it mm-hmm. is the same setup right. once again. So it begins with Hubert and Inez mm-hmm. already there, already having a discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, here's an interesting thing, little interesting detail. In the first act, there's this big thing about Inez having a run in her in her hose. Mm-hmm. Hubert actually uses it as a means of attacking her at one point in time. Oh my God, I hate this dude. Yeah. She has the run in her stocking in the second act as well. We don't see the opening scene, but she still has the run in her stocking. The third act begins, it states very clearly in the stage directions, there is no run 
in her stocking. That might be kind of a, a tough costume change then if Act 2 ends... And then immediately when Act 3 starts up, then, you know, they've got to be on stage right away and she's got to change out of hose. That's not an easy thing to do. I suppose you could fake it. Now, is that something that has a significant impact on how Act 3 plays out? Well, it comes up again. Okay. And I'll get to it when I get to it here. All right. They've already arrived. They're in better spirits. Okay. So Henry and Sonia, it's kind of implied that they haven't been fighting like they have been in the last two. In fact, Henry calls Sonia Sonichka or something like that. It's like this cute little pet name. Mm -hmm. So they're not at each other's throats like they were in the beginnings. Maybe Arno is a little bit quieter. He is. Okay. He is much better behaved this time around. The paper on galaxy halos, one of the first things that comes up in the first two acts... It comes up, but it turns out that Henry has already been informed. Oh, okay. He was contacted by a friend of his. It's sort of implied it's somebody in Mexico because that's where the, the other team is, is in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so a colleague of his has already informed him. And so he's already sort of dealt with the news. Mm -hmm. And he's taking a real positive attitude toward it. He finds out, well, we're going to find out maybe the studies complement each other as opposed to what he was originally afraid of was that they were doing exactly the same thing he was. Right. And so we're already finding out that things are better this time around. Okay. Just because of that. Sure. So whatever intent Hubert had to demoralize him or whatever, it isn't happening this time around. Okay. So once again, Henry and Inez leave the stage mm -hmm. to check on Arnaud. And once again, Hubert and Sonia are left together. Right. And once again, they are having an affair. Sure. Okay. And then uh, Inez and Henry come back, and Hubert is still a jerk to his wife Right. in this. He is still, because she comes in saying that Arnaud, Arnaud was friendly to Inez this time around mm -hmm. and showed her his, I don't know if it was a Lego thing or... Something that he'd built that he called an airport station. Okay. And Hubert makes a big deal up about the fact that it's not called an airport station. It's called an airport terminal. <laughs> and she says, no, this is an airport station. It's literally an airport terminal with a bus station inside of it. Okay. This little kid invented it. And sure. Sergei Block is mentioned again mm -hmm. at this point in, in his depression and alcoholism. And Hubert talks about how he he advised Sergei that the depression, the only thing out of it is willpower, willpower, willpower. Ugh. Yeah. And, and Inez and Sonia immediately call him out for that. Good. And Hubert himself admits that the guy looked completely destroyed after he said it to him. Oh, well, understandably. Oh, my God. I hate Hubert's awful. Yeah. And he, he it's weird. It's like he doesn't really quite understand what it is he's doing that he shouldn't be doing. Anyway, the play moves from there to a phone call from Henry's colleague and they find out that they're not even doing exactly the same paper, but their papers complement each other. Oh, that's great for Henry. Yeah, and he's happy and he wants to celebrate. But the thing with Henry is he's apparently a very depressive person. 
Sure. Maybe he has clinical depression or something like that because mm-hmm. he wants to celebrate. He wants to play music. His wife discourages him. And then he immediately starts sinking into a depression oh. there. And then she says some things that aren't very nice to him at that Sonia. point. And then the evening just sort of comes to an end. Okay. So in this instance, is does it not happen that somebody overhears the revelation when they were off stage or is that not something doesn't happen this time around okay so what about the stockings the stockings yes there's one point very near the end of the the play where inez looks down and says i have a run in my stocking oh and so it evidently shows up at one point or she just notices it or something i'm not i'm not quite sure how it i would personally stage the whole stocking business you might be able to do it when they go off stage to speak with Arno. Yeah, either that or maybe you could make it an informed trait. Maybe. Anyway, that's the entire plot. So in Act 3, the affair is never discovered. It's not discovered. Although to me, one of the interesting things about having read this is now I'm wondering if the affair was going on in the first act. Right. Even though it's not explicitly stated, Mm -hmm. there may be points where the actors could show it, that there's maybe a familiarity between Sonia and Hubert, because Mm -hmm. when we do find out they're having an affair, it's not a long-term thing. They've only met a couple of times. Right. So it's possible or it's possible that they just weren't having an affair in that first version. Mhm. I suppose, you know, thinking about each different version, you have a lot of the same specific things that are kind of a through line in, you know, each separate act. You know, you've got uh Sergey, you've got the paper and the anxiety over this other group that's publishing something similar and stuff. So the only things that really differentiate these scenes are very small actions from from folks that happen in a very short period of time. Like you said, in the third act, was it that Henry had already found out from a friend of his pretty recently? He'd already started dealing with this. So, you know, these are small things happening from one act to another. So if something a little bit larger, like an affair, was happening in one or two of them, you know, maybe it was happening in all three. I think that's an interesting thing to think about, though, in terms of producing it is, do we want this to be implicit? Do we want it to be explicit in the first act? Or do we want to just play it completely straight and, you know, have the audience go back and wonder, oh my gosh, were there signs in that first act? Was this still going on? You know, do you want them to be asking those questions as they, you know, go into the other acts or even leaving the the theater after the show? So in terms of staging the show, are there any other factors that um, somebody would need to take into consideration um, before producing it? You know, are there any significant set requirements or um, anything like that that we haven't really already hit on? I think it's fair to say that there's a lot of dirty words. Right. And so this is a play for probably professional theaters, Mm -hmm. collegiate theaters, and maybe community theaters that are going through a let's see what happens and whether or not we can get away with this phase. If you've got a broad-minded audience base, maybe. 
maybe. Okay. Yasmina Reza is a lot like a, a number of playwrights who are contemporary. And again, her career started in the late 1980s. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of plays have been written with very limited set requirements. And this is no exception. It flat out says there's really no set to speak of. Mm-hmm. There's furniture. There are props. Right. There's the voice of the child off stage, although you'd almost certainly want a live person as opposed to a recording, something that can react to what's going on on stage. Sure. So that would be, I mean, you'd want a kid. Yeah. You'd want some, maybe somebody in the cast has a, a son willing to uh, provide the voice of Arno. Or somebody that's just sounds really youthful. <laughs> Yeah, or, or something like that. That can pull that off. But the set is incredibly simple. There's no there's there's no need for a, a detailed set. It's one setting, so they're not moving from one place to another. The one exception being that there's a little little bit when Inez and Hubert are on their way that can be easily taken care of just by having them on a different side of the stage. You're probably going to want to have some lighting. Mm-hmm. You're going to want some sound cues because there's some there's that fox and the hound recording. Right. Doorbell. There's a doorbell. Yeah. yeah. But it's really not outside of the realm of what pretty much any theater would be able to do, technically speaking. I mean, even compared to, for example, God of Carnage has that vomit scene. Yes, God of Carnage was very intensive. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's a tricky thing to yes. fake vomiting on stage. You don't have to do anything like that with Lifetimes 3. Okay. I think Sonia does actually change out of her bathrobe at one point in time, so she's going to have a couple of costumes, I suppose, mm-hmm. that she'll have to back and forth. But the, the tech requirements for the show are really, really simple. That's good to hear. Okay. So if anybody out there is interested in reading this play for themselves, where can they find it? The version that I read comes from an anthology called Plays One. It's just Plays One, Yasmina Reza. It's published by Faber and Faber. There's a whole series of anthologies exactly like this one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's there's bunches of them. I mean, name a playwright, there's a good chance that they've published an anthology by them. That's very good to know. Um, it's by Faber and Faber. Look it up on Google Books. I'm pretty sure you can find it at either, if it's not at your local library, Library, interlibrary loans, which is exactly how I found it. Yeah. And it includes art. Right. It includes Conversations After a Burial, which was her first play. Mm-hmm. It includes a one act called The Unexpected Man, and it includes Lifetimes 3. And the version that I read, I believe, is the American version. Although in the anthology, it gives the original cast as being the original, original cast. So the the London cast. Okay. That said, there is a dramatist play service acting edition. Right. That you can also get. And I'm pretty sure you can also find that with an interlibrary loan because there are libraries that carry those acting editions. For sure. And uh, that has the original cast for the American version right. on the title page. So as far as I know, if you're getting Yasmina Reza in the United States, odds are pretty good you're going to end up finding the American version. Okay. I did know somebody who got a copy of God of Carnage at one point in time and somehow ended up with the English-English version. Mm-hmm. Kind of by mistake. (laughs) I think most of the time what you're going to find is the American version. 
So you mentioned earlier that Dramatist Play Service has acting editions available for this show. Does that mean that they also have the rights for it? I believe so, yes. Okay, very good. Well, I think that is our time for Lifetimes 3. The next play we'll be discussing is Come Back Little Sheba by William Inge. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at The Play Readers. Our intro and outro music is Delightful D by Kevin McLeod. We've got more info and a link to his website in our show notes if you want to check that out. And as always, don't forget to read the stage directions. <laughs>